You're listening to the Seven Transformations podcast. For access to the latest content, including the show notes to this episode, stay connected at the7transformations.com. Create a life you love. Transformation is an ongoing journey, and it is good that we don't have to walk that path alone. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is my weekly podcast sharing life lessons on and off the competitive floor with a few stories in between. Thank you for joining me on this journey. And now, let's create a life we love. All right, happy Friday. How's it going, everybody? Hope you're having an awesome day. My name is Tudor, and this is the Seven Transformations podcast. I am here today with one of my best friends, Matt, Matt Pisarsik. Say hello, Matt. Well, I wouldn't say we're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, hello, everyone. <laughs> so Matt and I are here. We're going to share about his life. Uh, and today is about creating a life you love. You know, this is an episode asking, we're going to pick Matt's brain. He's an entrepreneur. He owns his own business. And we've known each other for, what, like 16, 17 years now? Yep. So quite a while. I've seen his journey go from, you know, being just a couple of high school kids to now he's running his own successful business that he can share with you. And, you know, this whole podcast, one of the main themes is creating a life you love, which is having everything in there from the things you, you know, people you love, from doing the things that you're passionate about. What are the struggles? What are the tips? What is the wisdom that we all learn from different life paths? So I'm interviewing a lot of people from all kinds of walks of life, you know. So today we're going to talk with Matt. And Matt, you know, you can go ahead and just share what do you do? What's your business about? <laughs> what do you what are you creating? What do you bring into the world? Who are you? My name's Matt and I founded a business years ago called Razor Emporium and we are an online and kind of quasi brick and mortar uh specialty store that uh, focuses on men's grooming and that encompasses all things traditional shaving, straight razors, safety razors, brushes, aftershaves, all the things to treat your facial fur. Um, and eh, it's kind of grown, you know, from there. Now it's getting into manufacturing and, and other things around the world of shaving. But uh, And you, sat, you started with just pretty much, uh, what was it, antiques? Pretty much you and... Yeah, a friend uh, went through different antique stores, collecting antiques for fun, and it developed into this very successful venture. Right. Yeah i I had the unfortunate opportunity, <laughs> I'll call it that, <laughs> unfortunate, of having um, a beard that was not very easy to shave and resulted usually in razor rash or irritation from conventional shaving implements like your typical Mach 17 razor and um, or electric razor just tore my face up. And so I was like, man, there's got to be something else out there. Is that what made you yes. actually That's go? That's where it all I came never from. Done, yeah, I thought you were just doing it for fun. No, but it, it came from, what do they say? Necessity is the mother, mother. of invention. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. And, and also cheapness <laughs> <laughs> because I, you know, it's expensive. The disposable razors are really expensive. Well, yes. The disposable ones are ex- are expensive for sure, but in my in my research of like, okay, so how can I get a better shave? Like what else is out there? I found other options, but these other options were like 
50 60 70 dollar options and I, I was just in college i didn't have a lot of extra money i'm like I don't want to go out and buy online or go to some specialty mm. store and buy some fancy German razor for $70 on a whim. What if that doesn't work either? Right. What if I'm just cursed? <laughs> and so I read like, well, this is the way that most guys shaved for, I don't know, like 70, 80 years. Mm. So you may be able to go to an antique store and find an old razor. I'm like, that's much more my style. I can go mm. find it because I was cheap. And well, in college too. I mean, I don't yeah. think anybody has, you know, a ton of money in college. Right. So I go to an antique store and I'm like, hey, you got any of these old double edge razors and these old school razors? And then the guy's like, yeah. And he had a little variety and I bought them all. And I got them home and I'm like trying to figure out how to use them, trying to figure out when they're from, how to clean them, how to fix them. And I realized there's nothing online and there was not this is only 2005 you know mm. myspace existed facebook didn't but uh wow, there was that's crazy i'm just thinking back to that like yeah all that stuff happened in the last thir- 12 13 years yeah Sheesh. and so i'm like there's nothing out there and i'm kind of the, the person i'm like i try to seize an opportunity i'm like okay well i will make something out there and i'll of nothing else i do it for me it was like my own little thing if something, if someone else finds a benefit from it, even better. Hmm. So in that moment where you found a benefit in taking a risk and going for something different, you decided to create something where there was nothing there. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was, was that something that you, when you decided, like you know what, I'm gonna try to make a business out of this or a venture out of it. Was it something in your mind that you said, you know, I'm going to make this really super successful or you just wanted to have it, you know, share it with other people? Like what was in your mind when you decided to <laughs> create uh, a business out of this? I mean, there to 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 um, to pretend that I had a vision of what it could be at that moment is not only naive, it'd be egotistical. Hmm. So, no. What I did see was an opportunity that I knew I could buy at one price and sell for a different price. And mm-hmm. I saw there was a delta. <laughs> <laughs> and like any good capitalist, I said, well, <laughs> let's take advantage of that delta. <laughs> but, you know, but I mean, truly, honestly, I started just enjoying, you know, buying and selling and, coll- and more importantly, collecting because I would not just sell everything I bought and not, you know, not just use the ones in my bathroom. I had surplus. And I liked the advertising, I liked the just art, hoarding, you hoarding know, hoarding razors, hoarding them, <laughs> just putting them in a display case, looking at them, learning about their history, collecting. And that honestly was a lot of the reason I kept on going out with my friend is we were looking for the ones we didn't have. We were looking mm. for more fuel on the fire. Like let's sell some other ones so we can buy that really expensive one we want. Mm. So it it was something that kind of fed itself as it like a, it's like a dragon eating its own tail. Like it, it fed itself. Um, and I still always tell people that my, Collection, which I'm not trying to brag, is one of the better collections in the world of yeah, double razors. You had quite a few. Do you still have? I still have them. I never sold them. I always tell people I didn't even buy them. I didn't pay for them in the sense that they were the fat off the off the meat. It was just stuff I kept along like with a big trade. I kept one or two, and essentially didn't really pay for them. Hmm. So I have a, a wonderful collection that was just paid for itself, more or less. Wow. What do the people around you feel? You know, obviously this is a, and you're very successful now, but, you know, initially this seems like a very niche, <laughs> <laughs> very niche thing. 
what was your relationships around you? What did they feel? I think there was only one person who thought, other than my friend, you know, Sebastian, who was going out with me and my partner at the time, um, business partner. I, I think there is only one person in my in my personal family, my personal life, that actually thought this was a interesting idea, and that was my aunt, hmm. uh, my aunt Christine, and only because she appreciated antiques and old timey things, and that was the only reason she even thought this was something that could be worthwhile because mm-hmm. she knew that antique store owners obviously can be in business because there's. A, a delta on buying an antique and then fixing and selling it. So she was like, yeah, that's kind of neat. And so she thought other, otherwise my brothers, my dad, my mom, you know, my friends really didn't understand it. I mean, you were there. You right, probably just right. thought, like, what, what, what were you thinking? I'll interview well, you. I'll turn the microphone. <laughs> what the hell were you? Th- what were you thinking at the time? Well, yeah, I mean, that was a while ago, obviously, but uh, I mean, I didn't really. I guess now I finally understand <laughs> that you were looking for razors because the out need. of a necessity. I thought initially you and S- Sebastian just had some kind of crazy, weird fetish for razors or something. No, I mean Americana is cool and like you wanted to collect it. I'm like, why would you go through so much trouble? To go and collect, I, I didn't get it at the time. Well, to me, like an antique razor seemed like something you could cut yourself and get tetanus sure. or something like that. It was just I was not educated about it. So. Well, the need was certainly there, but very quickly the need was was filled because I did find that these razors did better for me. And then what entered was passion, where I just started liking it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I've always liked fixing stuff up. I I was a Lego kid. Um, in our bands, because we were Tudor and I were in bands together uh, back in high school. I was like fixing the PA system, wiring everything up, fixing my guitars, yep, fixing my the amps. Wires all neat. <laughs> yeah, so like I'm always kind of an OCD person. I think there is some kind of in, uh, in, inherent kind of I can fix this old razor, I can make yeah. it better. You know, um, that was you know my creativity was sparked from that. My mm. my little gears were turning in my head. I'm like, this is fun. This is interesting. And and then the the quest. I'm like, I want to collect every Gillette razor ever made in the United States. And that kind of kept me going. Having a goal, pretty much. Yeah, I had a goal. I was like, because there's a lot of razor makers. There's there's probably a hundred over a hundred different brands of razors. I didn't collect them all. I collected one, right. the biggest, Gillette. We all know Gillette today. But I, I set my, I, I had a parameter for my collection. Like mm. I'm going to collect American Gillette razors, and that was it. And I did it. And I've collected pretty much every one ever made. Wow. How much? How many of them are there approximately? Oh, I don't know, 150, 175, maybe different models. Wow. What was the? What's the most expensive or the most rare model that you have? Most valuable. I have a model that uh, was uncirculated. That uh, was only released, you know, in a quantity that's under a thousand or something. Um. I've had offers of five or eight thousand dollars on it. Wow, um, it's incredible. Yeah, but I mean, to me, that's that's it. That's that's fun and everything. But like, I don't know. I like all of it together. It's hard to pick one razor. It's like, oh, I just this one's a bash. It's the collection. Yeah, it's 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 the the sum of the sum of the total, not just any yeah. one part. Cool. Well, what was your big break? You know, with these types of things. There's always a little bit of luck involved, obviously, you know, and it's being at the right place at the right time. I was ready or, to say the same thing, yeah. You know, and it's like, what was, can you pick a moment 
that you can say, man, you know, that really flipped things around and being able to create this life. I know exactly the moment. I hate to say it. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, this is not scripted. I to- totally just thought of this, but we we had been selling on different people's chat rooms, like on a, you know, like a classified, like a buy, sell trade mm-hmm. or eBay. And when we decided to actually buy a domain name, and build a website, Razor Emporium. Razor Emporium. Mm-hmm. And I think we registered it sometime in 2009. I want to say, I think it was, it could have even been September 9, 2009. I think it was 999. Um, that obviously was everything because that right there, like, like was a stake in the ground saying, this I'm going to, official. well, not just I'm official. I'm going to create something because it's really yeah. easy to use someone else's platform like eBay. Right. And you can make a great listing on eBay. You can take the greatest pictures on eBay. But at the end of the day, you're at their terms and conditions. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who has a really hard time with people telling me what to do. I have an innate uh, rebellious nature against authority and rules. <laughs> <laughs> I just do. I like to make my own rules. And um, I did not like that. And we got in trouble with eBay in a different couple of different chat rooms for different reasons. And nothing, nothing serious. Just, just you know, this guy complains. Yeah, this guy little c- things here and there. Yeah, it's easy, right? And so I was like, forget this. And so I'm just going to make something of my own. And we took a chance. And it was all of $12, whatever, on GoDaddy to buy the domain name. I, I did. I saw recently the, the domain name itself was valued at like, Fifteen thousand dollars or something. I don't know. Just your domain name right now. Yeah. Oh wow. I saw it on some website, but who cares? Whatever. It's like I'm not going to sell it, obviously. Right, but right, right. Um, we we bought a domain name, and I I remember paying like I don't know. It was cheap. It was like under two hundred dollars for some guy in India to make us a really, really basic like website. I remember we coded it up in Photoshop, like or not coded. We just drew it in Photoshop, like the logo we wanted, and then kind of the general look, and then he put like a shopping cart onto it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so cheesy and it and like it was the MySpace era where people were learning how to like you know oh, yeah, that was back insert images and videos and sure, yeah. I remember, you know, thinking I was a coder because I knew it like some simple HTML, you know, brackets and tags and stuff. And um yeah, I mean actually creating something of our own was the moment that made everything possible. Hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah, I mean I think when you finally visualize it in the physical world that little hint of the future it starts to make everything else possible it's like a trickle effect that's cool and i remember i remember my my partner at the time sebastian said let's call it shaving emporium and i said no i'm i actually really could care less too much about the actual shaving part i want to call it razor emporium because (laughs) I really like the razor part. I like I like the actual hardware, not just the software, not the aftershaves or brushes. It's all fun. We sell it all today. You know, it's great. I remember you guys arguing about that name. Shaving <laughs> Emporium, Razor Emporium. And I was like, it's like shaving sounds so broad. I was like, Razor. Right. I want- razor. Cutting edge. Yeah, man. Well, that's a really good... I, I like how you said that pretty much with the domain name. I think having those little snippets of of reality, you know, taking action... And getting that little bit of okay, it's it's a little more official, you know. It gives you that motivation yeah. to to say, okay, I I took accountability for this. Now this is my domain name. Now I got to do something with it. Yeah, what are you gonna do? And yeah, to this day, I I I think I own. I don't have a lot. A lot of people have thousands of domain names. I think I have under fifty. I probably have forty or fifty domain names. 
and not all of them do something. Some of them are just I'm just holding because I like it, or I, I may do something down the road with it. But like, mm-hmm. I really did enjoy making the website for the first time and that creative process. Um, kind of again back to my own rules. Okay, I want it to look this way. I want it to function this way. And funny enough, and I didn't even try to do this, but we we simplified. You know, again, this is 2009, 2010. This, the format that we even came out with of how the, the categories were laid out and how the, the look of the website apparently was really good because people all the time were commenting how easy it was to shop on our site because of that kind of the creative energy we put towards the design, not just some cookie cutter website. Like we literally designed it from scratch and I didn't know what I was doing. It was, it was authentic. A, it was authentic I, and yeah. it was simple. And and I was just trying to make it as simple and easy as possible, and I guess I guess other people thought it was simple and easy as well, and so people love using it. And to this day, we just launched. Let's see, that was the original version. Then we had another version launched in 2013, and then we just had a new version, version 3.0 of Razor Emporium launched in November of last year, 2017. So we're on our third version of the website. Oh wow! And it's. Honestly, it stayed very similar in in the flow and everything. It, it looks a lot more clean and modern today, but I still get compliments. In all principle, the, that was yeah. yeah. And we still get compliments all the time. Like you have mm. the cleanest, easiest website to use. I love shopping cool. on your website, and so I think the element of creativity there is something to be said. Well, what sacrifices are going to change Oof. the mood a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. here? I mean, we Let's talked about big breaks. You Let's know, dive deep. Let's dive a little deeper here. <laughs> so. You know, having a business, creating a life that you love obviously comes with its toll because if you want to be your own boss, if you want to author your own, you know, life, it does come with a toll generally on comfort. So Mm. what what kind of uh, sacrifices have you had to make, obviously, in in your journey and even today? And can you share kind of a two-part question here? Can you share a challenging memory uh, recently maybe and how you got back to motivation, back to love, back to, you know, positivity, whatever you want to relate to on that matter. So go for it. So we've talked about the origins of the business being, you know, fun and creative, but it was just that I started a day job. Yeah. And that changed in, you know, so we started the business in 2009 2013 February of 2013 I was working at a at a hospital healthcare system in town and I was you know uh, in charge of marketing uh, like marketing director there and out of nowhere I had a, I had a pretty good job like really nice got paid great you know I knew my hours knew what I had to do like my boss all this and just out of nowhere they just up and can me like I didn't have a warning I didn't have anything I'd been there for five years salary job and they just came in and they're just like get your computer come to HR and they just came in the spot and wow. it was really really freaking scary hmm. because first off I'd never been fired from a job before every job I've ever it had is dramatic <laughs> yeah since I was 14 every job I ever had I quit and this is my big boy job. This is a job I went to college where I have a degree in marketing and I'm a marketing director for a hospital. And so this was my job. I thought this was my career. This was your life, yeah. And, you know, all and I had this side thing, this little side business. And by 2013, 
we had maybe done like seventy-five or a hundred thousand dollars a year in business on our website, and it was like, oh, hey, that's really cool. That's a that's really cool, you know. Yeah. And the profit on that was probably thirty or forty thousand dollars, and you know, hey, that's really that's really cool profit. Um, but it was still just in my mind like fun extra money, right? And I was out of the house and out of my garage, and in a matter of a few hours and just one day. I was like, holy cow, this is real. What am I going to do? And I struggled. I'm like, well, should I go get another job? Should I apply for other marketing positions? Should I go try to find, you know, a colleague that went somewhere else? I could follow them to their other company. You know, the hospital world, like anything else, people transplant all the time from one, you know, corporation to the next. And I don't know what happened, but I was just like, all right, we're doing it. Let's go for it. <laughs> Let's go for it. Uh, you know, and I think that was kind of a, a well, back to other conversation, transformational. But um, that was a spark that we went from it being, you know. Something challenging to more motivating. Oh, it, there's nothing like a bill coming in the mail that's motivational. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, well, some people might shut down with that situation or let's say revert back to what's comfortable. But you chose in that moment when you were put literally on a fork in the road to to risk and to go for it. So, But it wasn't without sacrifice. It wasn't without hard times. And in fact, the times only recently haven't been hard. I mean, um, I was... You know, the first couple years of being self-employed, you can ask pretty much anyone out there that started their own thing. It's rough. There's no, there's no words yeah. around it. You are struggling just to pay your, you know, your mortgage or your rent, whatever. You are not eating out anymore. If your friends go out, if you go out with them, you're not gonna, you know, eat dinner and and have five, you know, three or four beers, whatever. You're gonna maybe mm-hmm. have one drink and, and an appetizer, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You are not traveling. Side of fries or something. Yeah, <laughs> you're not traveling. You're not buying new clothes. Like, um, it, and to this day, I still kind of have it ingrained in my head. Like, yeah. I, I, to this day, I still own like literally two pairs of jeans. I just, I can't bring myself to to buy another pair. I have the money. Mm. We have plenty of money, and I still just am like, nope, <laughs> I don't need them. I don't. And I, I think I come and ask. I was like, do I need it? Do I need it? Do I need it? And you frame everything in a completely different reference point when you actually have to go through a struggle mm. like that. Yeah, it's true. And I remember going to the gas station and having to think to myself, I can only put, you know... X amount of gas. $7. <laughs> yeah, $7. That gallon, $7 yeah, of we, gas. We've all, we've all been there. You know? Is that going to get me home? Okay, maybe I'll... And the thing is, I wa- it wasn't like... Oh, and when you, when you do something on your own, it's not like, well, on Friday my paycheck comes. You know at every moment how much money you even have in your in your business. Right. <laughs> okay. And when your business itself only has three digits in the bank account and you have to pay an employee, you have to pay a bill and you're like, I cannot pay myself this week. Or if I do, I can only pay like myself like $75 this week. <laughs> and there was a lot of weeks like that. Yeah. I went for almost two years paying myself so i don't even want to say what i paid myself it's embarrassing <laughs> say it no 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 say I mean, it, Matt. okay let it be on record forever <laughs> i paid myself for almost two years a hundred dollars a week oh my goodness wow 
and you know, but uh, you know, how do you even survive on that? I mean, well, I mean, that's assuming after you pay your rent or something. Like yes, that, yeah, basically okay. after I, you know, I if when I was, yeah, you know, I, I would I would pay I would pay the mortgage payment and then you know any any absolute necessary bills and then yeah like and a hundred dollars was was literally just for food and gas and stuff, wow. um, but you know you you just do what you got to do more or less and. Mm-hmm. Grit and bear, <laughs> and it goes back to believing in yourself and saying, yeah. "Like, is this gonna be worth it? Do I think I can I can do this?" And and I still don't. I still am not paying myself um, what I would love to make ideally, but I don't worry anymore. There's there's money and and things are taken care of, and there's no struggle at this moment, and that's fine. And I, I'd rather keep my money in the business, honestly, because it just gets yeah, it can <laughs> keep creating with it and move forward. Yeah. Well, what's your biggest kind of to stay on that theme just for a little bit longer what is your biggest currently recurring obstacle and how do you recover from it how do you accommodate for it if you if you can't fix it what's the biggest recurring challenge or obstacle in creating what you want to create in the world um our business doesn't rely on just me i can't do everything we have let's see we probably have five full-time people. Um, no, four, four, yeah, four to five full-time people, and one or two kind of part-time people. Um, and the biggest challenge is that it's not the Matt show. I'm the owner, but I have to communicate to these individuals. First off, I have to find these individuals. Yeah, you have people you can trust. <laughs> yeah, I have to find people I can trust. I have to find people who believe in what I'm doing. Yeah. And then are okay with it. Then then we'll carry out my vision and execute it daily and hourly the way I want it. Um, and they're humans. They're fickle. End of the day. Yeah. So my I would say I would say, you know, my biggest challenge right now is people, even though all the people I have are working out beautifully, but it took a long time to get there. Yeah, sure. I took it took That's years his biggest resource. Years to get the right people all lined up. Yeah. Um you know, and and to have the team that, that could support what I wanted. And and that was the biggest challenge. People skills. And I and I have plenty of people skills myself, but finding the right kind of people they would be, they would show up every day and they were dedicated and, and and believed in what you're doing and wanted to help and be part of it. That was really hard because I could control the website, I could control you know purchasing or, or sourcing razors or whatever. Yeah, I could if you control. had to, you can delegate that to yourself. But but I can't do every single thing. I think that's one of the number one things any entrepreneur, anyone creative is trying to do, is they try to do everything. Yeah. You cannot. You, 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 I mean, there's only certain hours in the day and you, you'll yep. burn yourself out. You have to delegate and you have to have a good team around you and you have to have the people be on board with you and your vision. Very well said. Well, what are some useful strategies that keep you uh, keep you surfing, keep you going, keep you creating your life that you employ on a regular basis, whether that's management strategies, whether that's um, you know business practices? What are some of the things that you found to be the most effective <laughs> networking okay and i do that i do that in 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 ways that maybe are not necessarily traditional what so so a total total cheesy i 
and I'm not someone who watches a lot of TV. In fact, we don't even watch broadcast TV. We have like Hulu, Netflix, like subscription stuff at home. But I have a guilty pleasure of watching two shows. One, The Prophet on CNBC, uh, which is on Hulu for at my house. And then number two, Shark Tank. Oh, yeah. Shark I think it's on good. ABC, which is on also Hulu. Uh, that was that's networking number one is I I I love and I watch with my wife, and my wife is a nurse and she is. Wait, so what do the shows have to do with networking? Because because I I'm not meeting these people face to face, but I'm hearing their business. Okay, if you go, oh, to, I see what you're saying. When oh, I go, okay. I, I've been to formal networking events. I've been to stuff that's put on by you know the Business Journal or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it's a it's a cocktail, you know, appetizer dinner in a, in a banquet hall, and you and you walk around, you hand out your business card, and you schmooze, and you're wearing a tie. And what do you do? Oh, what do you do? Oh, this is so great. Can we work right, together? Right. I've been to those events, and they're cool, and I you know, I support someone who wants to go to those events. But watching a a cheesy show like Shark Tank. In a matter of an hour, I've been exposed to four, five, or six different businesses, and I hear about their successes and their failures, what's working for them, uh, a marketing uh, idea they had, or a new creative. You yeah, know, it gets right down to it. That's the point. It's right show. down to it. And then I get to hear people who are multi-billionaires mm. criticize and critique their businesses. <laughs> and in my head, I can I try to relate everything to your company. Yeah, to my company. And so yeah. I'm just like, oh, oh, <laughs> so that, yeah. Uh, and Interesting. The, yeah, another one, The Prophet's very similar, but uh, I I've like heard of that one. The, it's very similar, but instead of uh, kind of a bunch of people asking for money, um, it, it's like it's like your hotel, uh, you know, turnaround business shows or your oh, your okay. kitchen nightmare shows. This guy goes in and he's a multi millionaire, whatever, and he's got a lot of businesses, and he goes in and he helps people fix their business, but he does it for equity. He's like, okay, I'm buying. 50% of your business for $400,000 and I'm 100% in charge. And he transforms his business. Sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes he fails. Right, yeah. And watching, you know, I just watched one with an ice cream watching, parlor. Watching, seeing how that works out for yeah. him. Yeah. vicariously. <laughs> yeah, so networking number one. And the, number, and the networking number two is actual human, not just TVs, TV shows. Right. I try to bounce ideas off of other people all the time. Mm. And, and it's people that maybe you're not part of my business maybe they are part of the business um i'm talking to my employees all the time i have individual two minute five minute conversations with every one of my employees every day Hmm. and they're not about their job i would say they're about their job mm, a third of the time maybe half the time other time it's what i'm thinking i'll be like hey Man, I just found this awesome source for you know some vintage razors. Or I just I we just got this new shaving cream. I think about bringing it online. You know, here I want you to take the shaving cream home. Tell me what you think of it. Or hey, I'm thinking of moving this machine over to this part of the of the workshop so that we can do this better. What do you think about that? And so I'm networking with my own staff. Hmm. I'm networking with other people though. I'll bounce stuff off my wife. I'll bounce stuff off of friends, other entrepreneurs, other business owners all the time. Because I know that my brain will always tell me what it thinks is right. Hmm. But I know that I've been wrong in the past. Yeah, and you have a reference point <laughs> from other people. <laughs> yeah, but once you understand that your brain thought in the past something was right, and then you found out later it was wrong, and then now you understand, wow, 
I can think something's right, but it's actually wrong. <laughs> and I fully believed at that time when I was 27 or whatever that this was the right thing, but I know it's wrong, or I found out later it's wrong. You now think, oh my gosh, that means what I'm thinking now could be wrong. <laughs> mm. And so I, I you know... I, checking in for social references yes. and, and, and input. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that, you know, our, that's what... That's, I've always said that that's what friends are for. Mm. If it's someone that you can't... As resources. <laughs> yeah, well, look. Hey, earlier you told me about your life and how you're, you're making some changes. If you can't talk to your friends about real things, if you're just talking about your favorite clothes and your favorite food and what you did on Facebook last night or yeah, blah, blah, those blah. those aren't meaningful conversations. No, they're not even real friends at that point. Yeah. Your friends should be the people that listen, that understand they have a reference of you over a long period of time mm -hmm. and are also looking out for your best interest because you're friends. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Well, what advice do you have for, you kind of really touched on this already, but is there any other advice that you want to give to people who are young entrepreneurs, you know, or kind of in a similar boat to you that they're starting out something that they're very passionate about, whether it's a hobby or you know, some kind of a niche area or even whatever, an entrepreneur in general, having their own business, just starting uh, anything or even in business, let's say marketing or, you know, that whole arena. Any advice that you haven't touched on yet? Or whatever comes to your mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> or what is your favorite color? <laughs> or, yeah, you can tell them what your favorite color is. That works um, too because that might lead to the next thing. I don't know. I I would say that when you're starting off, anything creative, a new creative endeavor. It doesn't matter if it's a song. It doesn't matter if it is, you know, uh, you know, a, a painting. It doesn't matter if it's a business. Anything that you're going to touch with your creativity, go into it thinking, I want to do this. I want, I want to own this. I want to do it the best I possibly can. And I, I know it sounds cheesy, but like truly, you know, put your all into something and don't just have half – ASS it. <laughs> right. I don't know if we can say that. Um, I don't know either. Uh, let play on the safe side. Yeah, I'll play on the safe side. So I can't tell you how many people whimsically, you know, bounce around with what they want to do and they don't really put everything in because at the, at the time I put everything into my marketing job and that was great. And then I had this razor thing and I couldn't serve two masters. Mm. And once I put everything in because uh, uh, of circumstance uh, into the razor thing, it really took off. And I, I, you know, all my energy went into it. So you, it's like you have to give something your all. You cannot, you can't, you cannot divide up what you're working on. I think you have to set a singular goal and it can have different facets to it, but it has to be one goal. One An of the overarching things, goal. Yeah, yeah, one of the things I hear all the time on these Shark Tank or profit shows, whatever, is these people are just bouncing all over the place. They have an ice cream parlor, and then there's a candy store attached, and then there's a line of apparel that's going to go with it, and they're really a lifestyle brand, and then they're trying to get into stores with their ice cream, and it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, what's their direction? What? Yeah, what is truly at at the core of what you're uh, what you're up to? And it's like, I think people need to write out almost like a like a creative mission statement for yourself, hmm. like a life mission statement of like, not, it could be for your business, could be for your, just as a person, like, what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? And that was one of the most influential things I ever heard. I'll plug another shameless, one of my, my resources that changed my life was Arnold Schwarzenegger's seven rules of success. Hmm. 
And and if you haven't seen it, go on YouTube. Just type in Arnold Arnold. You know, Seven Rules of Success. It's very it's very powerful to me. Very inspirational to me. It was one of the things that absolutely kicked my butt into gear when this happened. Um, my brother at the t- you know my brother Chris gave me a picture that showed Arnold Schwarzenegger with his hands just stretched out in the air and one word. It said conquer. And it was when he had received his fifth Mr. Olympia award. Wow. And for anyone that doesn't know, I'm not a bodybuilder or anything. I mean, Tudor's ripped. I'm not. But um, no one's ever gotten five Mr. Olympias ever again. He's a one and only. If, I'm, if I, I could be mistaken, I mean, I believe I'm 99% sure that's, that's, that's accurate. And when he's looking, the, the look on his face in this picture is a look that he conquered bodybuilding. And that's why he left it. Yeah. There was nothing yeah. else for him to do. He put his absolute all and and it was evident. And one of his rules of success is that, you know, you have to be 100% committed. You have to put everything you, you have into something. Give it everything you have. Otherwise, what are you doing? Hmm. Because, some, you know, and one of the phrases he says is that someone else out there, if you're not going to do it, is going to do it. Someone else is going to be stronger than you. Someone else is going to be working harder than you. And if you don't put everything in, then, you know, you how could you possibly achieve the best? Hmm. Because if you, if you, if you put everything in and you, and you still fall short, at least you're like, well, I tried with everything I could. Yeah, there's just, no regret. There's no thinking about it. Right. You're just like, well, I'm just flat out just wasn't as good. But uh, you know, there's no uh, reference of effort in the equation. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, you know. Okay, but uh, I know we're kind of all over the place here. Seven rules of success. No, that's a great. That's a great resource. Conquer and you I know. I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, focus on one thing. And I was like, okay, I want to do this razor thing, and I'm going to put everything I have into it right now, and I want to be the best at this right now. And that's awesome. And that's what I'm doing. And I, it's evolving and 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 it's changing. But I I I'm not going to tomorrow open up a gym. Like I'm not going to just switch gears altogether. Like I'm putting everything in, it and I'm seeing every. All the facets developed from yeah. that well, source. Well, it started, with, like like you said, back to the beginning, we started with buying vintage razors and then fixing vintage razors. It's like planting a seed, then yeah. it grows into a little tree, then it's got some fruit, and it's got branches. It's and grown. It, and it's growing, yeah. And now we're making vintage razors, and now we're going to make other grooming products, and yeah. it's just going to keep on, um, what's that, fractal? It's going to keep on fractaling. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, what other areas of your life other than your business are you... You know, creating right now. I think you just recently did. You just buy a house. You said you were talking off the air. That you bought, <laughs> or you're moving? Any trips coming up? You had a kid. What, like a year? Oh man, oh, actually, he's God. almost two years old. Two, geez, he'll be two in April. Oh my gosh, um, I cannot believe that my friend from high school. <laughs> I still is not. I've not gotten over it. Whenever I, I see your kid running around, it just blows my mind. So it blows my mind. <laughs> um. What other areas of my life are... Yeah, anything that you're looking forward to that you're creating? Like, you know, a lot of creating. people like create okay. uh, trips, you know, they're creating, you know... I'm different. creating my life right now. Yeah. And you mentioned the house. Yeah, like, so we, my wife and my son, we live in a house and we like it. It's cool and everything. But um, we want to create our 20-year home. We want to create the the home that, you know, our, our son's going to go to. Your kid's going to grow up in. Exactly. And so... 
I think I think the business just plays into that that it's part of not just you know business is just one of your areas of your life and your yeah. family is another area of your life. So I'm trying to create the life right now that I want to you know see for myself for the next 20 30 years. Hmm. One back to my back to my aunt who believed in me at the beginning with the razor stuff. Her husband, my uncle, um he's one of my inspirations for who I want to be in my life 20 years from now. Hmm. He's a, he's a banker and he's actually retiring I think in uh 2 or 3 months he just sold his bank uh that he founded. And uh every time I go to see him in in Orange County, California, he's in the backyard and they have a gorgeous backyard and he has a glass of wine and there's his own kids and then now his grandkids running around and you know there's food and you know there's family and that vision I'm chasing. That's what I'm doing right mm. now. Is that he is creating that future. Yeah. Because he's now sitting back, drinking his wine, chilling and, out. And enjoying. And enjoying this awesome life. And if he had been so shallow, so naive to say, Oh, I'm never gonna have kids or I'm never gonna, you know, do anything. I'm you know, he used to just work at a bank, then he started his own bank. Wow. You know, and it's like if he had just played the easy cards and just done the easy things, he he taking the safe choices, he would be just some old man sitting in his backyard by himself. But he has a whole family around him, a whole life around him. And that's what I'm trying to do right now is trying to build those steps that bring me to the life I want. Um and and every step along the way, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. That's what this show is about. That's what this interview is uh, about. I mean we all know none of us are gonna get out of here alive. Yeah. <laughs> we're all gonna die <laughs> all right that's for certain i'm gonna die you're gonna die it's sad to say my son's gonna die one day the only thing we can really possibly do is live and once you understand it and 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 take that in then you say to yourself how do i want to live? live yeah and then the, the deepest the deepest is why do i want to live yeah what am i living for mm. what am i gonna do here what's your meaning and what, purpose what, yeah you know, it's like it's like a gobstopper. The outside of the, is is what, the middle is how, the inside is why. Mm. And and once you get to that core of why you're doing anything, and you answer that question every day, why why do I get up? Why do I why do I make my bed? Why do I go to work? Why do I kiss my wife? Why do I you know, go to church? Whatever. That's when you truly have transformation. That's where you truly are creating the purpose in your life. Hmm. And that's what you should always be seeking. Everything you do should be answering the question. So write out a list. That's, write out a list of that's what... That's the main trunk to your tree. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, it's just all leaves. Hmm. There's no there's no grounding in it. It's just a bunch of random events at, at that point. If they're not connected to any one central thesis of your life, what are they? Hmm. Just a bunch of random things. Went to the store. Saw my friends. Went to a movie. Got a job. Paid a bill. It's just a bunch of random stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no overarching direction or, or connection to everything. Right. A point without direction is just a point. It becomes a vector once it has direction. <laughs> a vector has power. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the funny thing is, these are the conversations that Tudor and I have had for years. Yeah. <laughs> now we're just putting them on tape. Time to, time to put them on tape. All right, one more question. What's the biggest thing that you are grateful for in your life right now, this moment? family and fortune when i say fortune not money but fortune of just circumstance um 
I don't think you can truly love without losing. And mm. I don't, you know, um, having gone through some tough times in my past and then having the, the family I have now with my wife and my son, um, I, I think that it's the most amazing feeling in the world. And it's what I now work towards and work for every day. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, cool. I'm very happy that I'm able to quote unquote, as, as Tudor Alexander says, author <laughs> my life that you every, love that quote. Right? I do. It's awesome. It's yeah. very good. I, well, I, I like a lot of your quotes too. So I'm stealing them. <laughs> that's fine. You know. I'll steal yours. You're still mine. <laughs> Um, I love that I get to go out to work and it never, it never feels like work. Even if I'm, I mean, I do some, I'm not just sitting around playing with razors. I, you know, I'm, I'm fixing machines. Like, you know, I'm, I'm always up to doing something yeah, I get to play. It always feels like play. And I yeah. think that's one of the most important things. Uh, someone else said this, uh, it could have been Bill Nye, although I don't really like him too much anymore, but somebody, somebody said, always maintain a level of childhood curiosity to the, to the world. I think it was Dr. Seuss actually. Was it Dr. Seuss? Okay. Yeah, I recently, somebody sent me a quote that was childhood something about okay. that. Yeah. It was something about playing and maintaining well, curiosity or something. You look at all mammals, right? Not just mammals, a lot of animals, a lot of species do it, um, Play is how we understand the world, and I and I see now with my son more than ever. Speaking back, circling back to my my, yeah. you know, my family, my son is the most amazing, right? And watching him play and understand the world through play, it makes me appreciate. I'm like, this kid is sitting here playing with a shovel in the sand, or he's playing with a truck, or he's experiencing a fire truck going by for the first time, and hmm. it doesn't matter what it is. He's excited. He's playful Total about absorption it. In absorption. Absorption. <laughs> he's in the moment. He's not thinking about other yeah, things. Crazy. You know, uh, everything becomes a toy. Everything becomes a, a, a extension of his imagination. He's in his head more than he's out of it. It seems. Hmm. And um, I take it on. I just sit there. I I laugh. A I lot smile. You can learn. Oh right. they, yeah, they <laughs> teach us. But you know, let the, the 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 teachers be the children. Right? Isn't that the phrase? Something like that. The children teach us or something yeah it's been the back of a hallmark card <laughs> <laughs> probably we'll, go, we'll have to go to walmart and check all right my friend well where can they find you and r- learn more about razor emporium your awesome stuff that you do if they're into shaving you got to check matt's stuff out he's pretty much the king <laughs> the rex right that's right uh shameless plug <laughs> shameless time! plug shameless plug www.razoremporium.com and that's where you can find matt <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well thank you so much it's always a pleasure having awesome guests and today was a special treat with one of my best friends matt pisarsic from razor emporium i hope you've enjoyed this episode on creating a life you love. This is uh, Tudor Alexander, Seven Transformations Podcast. You can check me out on iTunes, Spotify, all those top ones. We're on Facebook too. So drop us a line if you have any suggestions for episode or questions. Feel free to stay in touch and share this episode with your friends if you find value in it. So thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. You're listening to the 7 Transformations Podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. For weekly articles on creating a life you love, stay connected at the